Attention. The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the entirety of the National Hockey League. Please stay tuned for further information from the Storm Cellar. Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. Hockey season is not over, but unfortunately the hurricane season is. But hopefully it's been a few, you know, it's been almost a week now. Hopefully people have calmed down a little bit, are, are taking it all in. You know, the, the fact is, Ray, without Svestikov, I know they lost patches, even though he wasn't really part of the game plan most of the year. And, and then having Terravine go down, like, you know, I, I think getting to the Eastern Conference Finals is a big deal. So I, I still feel, you know, mission accomplished for the season, given those things that have happened. It was, it was funny. We've been, I've been moving the goalposts a lot. You know what I mean? Because when we started this season with everything laid out in front of us, I was looking at Stanley Cup final. That's where we call the season a success. If we fall short, then it was a failure. And as the events of the season and playoffs actually came around, I kept moving. You know, you, you, you look at the situation and you say, okay, what's a reasonable request based on all of the facts and the fact that they were able to get to the Eastern conference final, even though they were swept, it is a successful season based on everything that had happened and they got through that. And they, and especially they got through the second round, which had become a bit of a, speed bump for the team um it still hurts like heck make no mistake um and i couldn't have agreed more with uh rod and the captain and virtually everyone on the team when they said i you know we know we were swept but it doesn't feel like a sweep and you look at any other sweep there's always blowout games. I don't know how many times it's ever happened in the past, but this is the lowest possible goal differential between teams that you can have in a four-game sweep. Four yeah, goals. I, I agree. I mean, was it a sweep technically? Sure. But you know, and the people who were given a lot of hard time about his comments can't read between the lines or, you know. Yeah. At no point, I mean, normally when you see a sweep, you have one team that is clearly better than the other one. Dominant. Right? It's just dominant. It's just there's not anything there. And this was quite the opposite. It, exactly. Because, and let's face it, Carolina, and this might sound biased, but it isn't. I think it's reasonable to say that Carolina dominated 70 to 75% of every single game. They controlled the play. They had all of the opportunities. They had the Panthers on their back foot. In game three, you'll love this. You'll love this because I know you enjoy EPL and Crystal Palace. They parked the bus in front of the net. 
as far as defensively goes. And that's a, that's a football slash soccer phrase where basically you make zero effort to score a goal and you park the bus in front and just force them to take as many shots as they can, but they're not going to score. And that's how Florida played in the third game, the one, nothing shutout. And we had the chances. We had the chances. It could have been so great, but it just, it didn't work out. And you know, what, what do you do? What do you do with all of that? Right. And and for me, it comes back to power play 14.3%. The penalty kill 71.4, which doesn't, I mean, obviously that's not up to their standard, right? They're normally the high 80, mid to high 80s. Well, they were in the the 90s. Right. But when when you think about the fact that you had four one-goal games, that 71.4% did you in. Oh, yeah. I mean, mean, there's there's to it. They they won their face-offs, right? 54, I think, percent, 55%. You know, like how many of those, yeah. How many, how many of those power play goals were scored within the first 30 seconds of the power play? Mm -hmm. I mean, some of them were not even five seconds in and they scored. Yeah, And it's like, you, you got to win the draw to control the play. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we've done forever, but that, that is a series where you just don't get the breaks. No, I mean, that's it's that you know they could have won two or three of those games, yep. a, gone a quarter inch, a half inch, the other way, great crossbars and nets. I mean, Florida had those chances too. It's oh, they uh, did, and Anderson was sensational. Like Anderson no, was he, he was this is wow. Why Anderson is. You've yep. you got to see Anderson do exactly why they brought him in. Yeah, finally. no right. question. I, what I like, what I wonder, uh, I mean, and there's lots to talk about in the future or whatever. I wonder if for Jarvis, who for like in overtime had that beautiful open net and clanked it off the bar, off the crossbar, he had him beat, couldn't beat the crossbar. I wonder if something like that didn't get in his head where he just, you know, like that was just turning over and over and over in his head. Mm -hmm. I really wonder. I think all the guys just, it's one of those things. Like when you start getting gold, you just start, you know, gripping your stick a little tighter, like not loose out there. The good or bad news for Florida is the hurricanes put up a fight the last game, you know, and, and, like you know, Bobrovsky. For for newer fans, I think people need to understand Bobrovsky had perhaps the greatest playoff performance of a goalie in a series uh, in history. Just about, I mean, I, mean, I would say since Hasek, Hasek against uh, who? And that's rare I can't, that air. I mean, that's like I mean, that's, that is that's still it saying is something. Right? Hasek is otherworldly. I've always appreciated his ability and play. And those are the kind of saves that he was, he was making too. He was kind of making Hoshek saves as well. And if you know, you know, like you, you, this, the style and the way that he would stop the puck, 
it was any means necessary. In four games against the Hurricanes, he had a 966 save percentage and a 1.12 goals allowed on 168 saves. I mean, if, if you go back and could find me a, a better series from a goaltender than that, you might find a couple. You might find maybe two. you might find, and we're talking in 100 years in NHL history. So you got to you know. tip your cap. Uh, what I what yeah. I had said, and it's gonna maybe this is you know my last kick at the cat as far as this goes. You know, pun intended. Is I stated we didn't get swept by the Panthers. We got swept by Bobrovsky. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, yeah, they had to score the goals, but the amount of effort and the amount of stops, he was, I think, plus 11 in one of their plus 12 in one of those stats where, yeah, goal saved above it. Goal, yeah, that's right. Goals expected by or whatever. I can't remember. Analytics really confuses me a lot of times. But it's like that one made perfect sense. Carolina could have scored 12 more goals than they should have, which easily would have routed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when they're all routed the Panthers. one nothing, 2-1, 3-2 you know, games. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, we, we'll, you know, we'll come back. We'll have... We'll have a, a real season wrap up here in a few weeks, for sure. Uh, unlike teams who must not be named and their reporters, hockey season does. And then when my team gets eliminated, no, nope. we have hockey not for me hockey. either. We have yeah, in the cup finals. You know, I don't put my toys away and go home. So yeah, you know, if, if you're a fair weather fan north of the border, and that's what you do. Good. It don't that's the bandwagon next year, but yeah, what it, we do have are questions. I love Q and a sessions. I, we, we should have more of these. It's fantastic. And we've got, and normally I would save this to the end of the podcast, but I'm going to put it out there right now. I just want to say thank you to all of the guests who not only asked us questions, but who joined us, all of our listeners, who are making this such a wonderful experience for, for the both of us. We have absolutely connected with, and it's going to sound a little um, hyperbolic, but it's like we've developed a family. There's some great people that we met mm -hmm. in person and that we've had on the show. And they feel like family now. Absolutely. And I love it. And I love and, it. And you know what, what What gets me every time, Ray, is when I look at the analytics. So we've been doing this just over two years. We started yeah. this, I think, in the second round. Started the second round last year. No, two years ago. Yes. So, so 2021 in the second week of May. Mm -hmm. Since then, we've done 70-ish episodes. 75 episodes yeah we've had over 7,000 listens and i did the math and it works out to somewhere around it over a 365 day year you know if you if you were just assume a, an even number of listens per day since we started the yep. podcast 
it, it's just over 20 listens per day. That's Every fantastic. Day. That's, but not, you know, I, I always joke, like when I first asked you this, is that we might get 20, you know, people listen total. Total. <laughs> yeah. And it you didn't know. matter to us because we yeah, found we something know. that we loved or whatever. But I, I think we also, uh, I think the best part of our show, it's one of the things that I've been trying to let people know that I speak to here in Calgary, in Alberta, all the rest of it. You have no idea how great the Caniacs are, how much fun they are, how knowledgeable they are. Yes, there's some strange ones that, you know, uh, just like every, every, yeah, 100%. But this is different. And we were able to shine a light on the reason why I say that. Absolutely. And and, And that's, I I always come back to those numbers, but it really is about, you know, out of 75 this shows we probably had i think we've had close to 50 guests it's so good the stories of right 50 caniacs like yeah you know people have tuned in and, and those are the episodes that typically get better ratings from uh, all over the world in terms of subscribers and, all. and so you know this summer we'll start asking for people you know for next year right yep i mean I'm, I'm in for a third season technically a fourth season i totally Totally. I can't imagine doing a season like right now. I can't imagine a season without it. You know what I mean? Right. Without a chance to get together and talk with Kaniacs and break down this team and talk about them. And we have. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and we have a ton of questions. We put the word out. We mm-hmm. said, hey, we're going to do a Q&A. And all of a sudden, kapow, we've got a we've got a bunch to get to. Um do you want to do you want to get started? Should we do this? Let's do it. Yeah, let's. Uh, I I know that you have several questions from uh, the folks over at the Searchcast. Yes, um, you know Zach Bailey and Kat, uh, who you know amazing. We, we've gotten a chance to meet in person. Yeah, uh, which was really awesome at the Stadium Series game. Uh, fantastic folks over there. Love their podcast. Uh, so yeah, let's. Why don't we start with their questions? All righty. So. The first one I got, we got from Zach, and this is a very poignant one. Uh, it's going to put us on the spot a little bit. If you could only bring back three guys to re-sign, who would you pick? And I look at this and say, wow, there's a lot of choices here, and it's not necessarily going to not everyone's going to agree but i think as far as the three for me goes and it's tough separating these ones i assume this is not just three people this is just three people who need to be resigned yes correct yeah we're talking about agents of some kind okay i just want to clarify that i understood the question correctly the ufas that we have and the rfas of of those which three do you prioritize? And for me, I say Jordan Stahl. I say Max Pacioretty. And I say uh, Freddie Anderson. And we can do all the other names. We can survive without. Now, Part of the reason that I say that is because two of those players 
are very likely to take haircuts in re-signing, which means we can get them on the cheap and it keep our uh, salary cap larger to give us more options. Jordan Stahl, not going to make $6 million. I could see, I would like to sign him for two years at two and a half to three. I would say is fair and reasonable. It's not slapping him in the face. I, you know what? I, I'd go two and a half to three and a half, I would say. The fact that he has openly said that he wants to stay means I think we could be reasonable with that. Resigning Pacioretty, again, he's not going to get as much as he got last season because he received, like, he was injured virtually the entire time and he has to take a haircut to get onto the ice. I would sign him uh, for one season at 4 million is where I'd go, which seems reasonable because he was seven last year. Correct. That was, that was his. So yeah, one year at four. um, uh, Cause I want to see him on the ice. I want to see him on the ice. And my last pick, Freddie Anderson, I wouldn't have picked unless he put out the performance that he did in the playoffs. What we saw there, and because Kochetkov is not quite ready yet, I want Freddie back. And will he come back? It's hard to say because we saw it but so did every other GM in the league. And if he wants to put his name out there and make some dough, he probably could based on the performance in the playoffs alone, even with the injury issues. What do you think, Brad? Who are your three? Um, so um, I think you're pretty close. So Jesse Puyarvi is an RFA. I, I think at $3 million, it's not worth the risk if they can sign him for cheap and turn him into a project like KK, then that might be it. But as he's not one of my like half to halves, right? Um, also leaving from the Ford group uh, potentially is fast, McEachern, um, Statstein, and Stepan. Uh, of those, Jordan Stahl is the one guy you bring back. Like you said, it's not going to be like a $6 million deal again. It's probably going to be for somewhere like half of that. But that's of the Ford group. He's the only concern. Um, from the defensive group, uh, Coughlin and uh, Lejoie are both RFAs. Uh, Dahan is an unrestricted free agent. And Gustus Bear is a UFA, but he's basically already said he's going to test the market. Not that he's not open to coming back, but he's, he's going to see what kind of bucks he can make. I'd love to have him back, but I'm with you. I think, you know, same thing. I don't think that he's, he's a critical piece, although... I'd have him on more if he didn't break his stick all the darn time. If, if, if you asked for four people, he would be four, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, my fourth would have been Jesper Faust. I And I would love to have Faust back, right? This is, this is definitely, you know, not a, you know, who, who do I not want? But, you know, if I'm, if yeah. I'm having to pick three, right? Um, yeah. Goaltenders, Anderson, Ranta, and actually Sachenko are all unrestricted free agents. This is where it gets sticky for me. Yeah. Anderson has been more injury prone. 
Ranta actually puts up better numbers, but it, it reminds me of the, the scene in Miracle where they're talking about, you know, oh, you're going to have, you know, you know, Janicek, you know, you know, backing up the other guy. And they're like, no, no, yeah. you know, you know have, have you ever seen him? You know, I heard his games on, on. He's like, you know, but have you ever seen him like when it is on? And that's what you get with Anderson, right? Yeah. Like, when he's on, he can be, you know, he literally ran into the one goalie who outplayed him. Like, I mean, in anybody else that didn't have that kind of phenomenal series. Yeah. Anderson's the MVP of the series. Yes. So, choosing between Anderson and Ronta is really tough for me. Oh, no question. I, I definitely thought Ronta would, early on, I definitely said it would be Ronta, mostly because I think other GMs will offer Freddie the money to leave. But if he wants to stay here and he knows what's up, then that's a big the other part of the goalie situation that people are not talking about is because I still see people saying we need to resign both of them. I don't think there's any chance that they're going to resign both of them. And I'll give you 2 million reasons why. Kuchekov makes $2 million next season. Yeah. That is, that, that is regardless of where he plays. Yeah. You're not going to stick Kuchekov in the AHL for $2 million a year. Not happening. Kuchekov will be in Raleigh next year. There's two million reasons why you will either get Ronta or Anderson or somebody new. You're not getting them both. So, you know. Someone was throwing the name. Uh, is it Swayman who is in Boston? Is that is a free agent or is it he is, Walmart? They probably. They, I think it's Swayman um, and they can't afford him. It might, it could be all my either way. Like, I don't see how they can afford it. They're already in, in a cap crunch, right? So, yeah. So, somebody's going to pick up Anderson or Ron to whomever you don't do. Um, Jake Gardner comes off the books. Uh, Andre Kasha comes off the books. That leaves Max Pacioretty. I agree. And, I, and I'm going to say this too. So, Max Pacioretty, we didn't get to see much of him. However, I think he's the right kind of guy. I think he's a good fit. I think it is worth the risk if he can play. And I saw a story posted yesterday that he just sold his very nice mansion from Vegas. So wow. he's out of Vegas. He sold his house. You know, he said, my kids love it here. Like my kids are in school, like, you know, the whole wow. shebang. So I, you know, you now he could buy a house anywhere. But I think it says sure. something that he sold his house in Vegas, um, that he's moved on from them. He, you know, that that's not a destination or anything. I see, you know, I would be interested to see if he buys a house in Raleigh this summer. Man, that would be so, something. So I think we have the same three guys. Um, I, the, the only kept, if you get Anderson or Ronta, uh, I don't think there's a huge difference between those two guys. I think Anderson ultimately gives you the better chance to win. But Ronta, if when you keep when you look at the numbers, and I know Colin from you know home ice advantage pointed this out, like Ronta is a rock star in Raleigh. So yep. you know, I, I would take either of those guys, but I like I said, I feel very confident you're not going to see both. That's yeah. the, that's the only part of that I'm gonna kind of say guaranteed you're not getting them both back. That so was that's a, that's a fantastic question because it was very you know, very tough. good one. From one true Zach, Zach of the Surge Cast. Zach's I'm gonna eight, man. What's up with that? I'm I'm going to move things over to Cat Hunter. 
Kaniac Chick, who were you most surprised by during the playoffs, good or bad surprise? Now, I think this, this is an easy one for me. Is it? Go ahead. Fire away. Jordan Martinuk. Round oh. two, Jordan Martinuk. If he played like that in the Easter Conference Finals and in the Stanley Cup Finals or, or even close to that level, that's a con smive looking, you know, I mean, you're, you're in the talk at least on a national level. Jordan Martinuk had, I didn't know he could be that good. I mean, he puts in the work and all, and it, it was kind of one of those things where he, he does that, you know, he wasn't like he was playing any differently than he normally does, mm-hmm. but everything was falling for him. So, you know, maybe it's a little puck luck, but Jordan Martinuk went off on the New Jersey Devils. I mean, it was embarrassing. He did. He absolutely did. Um, if I were to pick a surprise, you kind of, I mean, Martinuk is the surprise really like he was just sensational and when you know jordan martinuk gretzky i mean that gretzky comment that came just two seconds before he went top shelf like that was just so great and so it was i thoroughly enjoyed it if i'm going to pick a surprise I'm going to say that really it was how poorly the penalty kill went in the third, where we were in the nineties and like doing great playing, like just shutting down some, a really talented team. Like, think about that. We were at 90% against the New Jersey devils who had like plenty of scoring and plenty of opportunities. And we were able to shut it right down, like virtually completely. So to see it dissipate the way it did in the third round, I think was really it was kind of a shock. I was like, what, what's mm-hmm. going on guys? We know how to deal with this team. Why aren't we, why aren't we doing it? And it just didn't work out. So to me, that was a, that was a bad surprise. And I, I, you know, I mean, like I said, as far as the good ones go, Martinuk through and through, there is no question about that. In fact, I was, you know, <laughs> during the first couple of rounds, you could have said the power play was a good surprise as well, too, because they're actually scoring and, and getting, you know, getting points. Uh, but it just wasn't wasn't enough. So another great question there. Now, here is our last one. And it's from Bailey. So she says she would love to hear our thoughts on what could have been the big tide turner to make the series go a little more in favor instead of being the closest sweep I've ever witnessed as a hockey fan. It's the, it's the closest sweep that I think virtually any hockey fan has seen in forever. I don't recall one I'd in my time. I'd love to see stats or somebody find a closer 
series than this. Yeah, or at least or the last time it may have happened at one point in the past, but I don't believe I've ever seen it in my lifetime. No. And I'm 52. So yeah. there you go. Um, what could have been the tie turner? I I know what my answer is, and it's gonna sound it's gonna sound bad because it make it's my questioning rod and his selection for the lineups i wonder if juggling the lineup so it was kind of even all the way across where there was a little grit there was a little uh hard work and and forechecking and a little scoring on every line we did not see the return of Faust Martinuk stall, mm-hmm. which was a great shutdown line. We spread those assets out. And I wonder if by spreading the assets out the way we did, if that didn't minimize the chances, for instance, KK playing alongside Natchez. Would that have done something for Natchez or not? He was playing beside Jordan Stahl. Fantastic, right? But on the third line, it was, if I recall correctly, it was Drury and Stahl and Natchez. And that's not enough to get Natchez going. We saw how great he was and here's the thing. When he was with KK and Svechnikov, they were lights out together. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Losing Svech may have been the biggest part that affected Natchez in making him disappear kind of the way he did. Mm-hmm. But putting him on the third line in that situation and taking him away from KK may have been more. So I think if we had gone back to the lines that we had were used to seeing rather than spreading it out, I think that might've been the difference, but who the heck am I? I'm not Rod Brindamore, you know, and he would know better and he knows what he was after, but that's my choice. It's a good choice too, right? I mean, you know, Nate just finished the season with 74 points, I think. You know, there's there's been some just silly, and I do mean silly, trade talk on Twitter about Mitch Marner for like, you know, Natchez and uh, was it Natchez? I think in Teravine and or Natchez and Slavin. That's the one that really made me laugh. I'm like, you think you're getting Jacob Slavin? Slavin. It's like in it's your like dreams. Natchez had twenty fewer points and cost half as much money. Like ridiculous. Long story short, um, I, I would want to have two answers. Like my real answer is with Andre Svechnikov, I think that the hurricanes are in the Santa Cup finals and this is all a moot point. Yeah. But but I I am assuming, you know, that the question really isn't allowing me to go back that far. Right. Um I think much like in two thousand two, it was the four overtime loss. And that's I know mm-hmm. it's the first game of the series. But when that happened, I immediately had like PTSD. I was like, oh my gosh, like not again. You know. 
That's and such a valid none point. Of players were playing then. I mean, you know, some, some of these guys were probably barely born then. Yeah, <laughs> it feels that way. I mean, certainly but Jarvis. It, but, yeah, Jarvis was it? Yeah, hundred percent. But it, it's it's just one of those things where Florida comes out of that on a high. The Canes coming out of that, we should have won it in overtime early. You know, in that first overtime. Although you know, Florida had that goal called back too, right? But uh, it, then there's, but I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. A, there's just a psychological barrier that I think affected the series from that. Brad, I'm yeah. going to put you on the spot. Do you wish they had allowed that Florida goal rather than recalling it and going to four and losing? Looking back, I think that would have been the better outcome for the game. 100%. I think that if that goal stands, you lose the game, which you end up losing anyway, but you just recharge your batteries. You get Anderson in game two, who was phenomenal. Different yeah. Series. I 100% now would say, I wish that goal would have said, absolutely. There you go. And, and, and so it, many people said it. And I was thinking, do you guys not understand? This is a Rod Brindamore club. These guys have fought through so much, so much. What's and playing an extra game? They're going to understand and get at it, but you're right. There's more to it mentally. The, 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 the only other goal I would have changed is the very last goal of the series, which how that's not goaltender interference. I forgot a uh, former goaltender on Twitter. I forgot who it was, who, uh, who played like in the NHL was posting screenshots and things. And you can see stick, the stick under, is there. The sticks right under Anderson's right thigh. It's there. He put it. He put it how there on his own. How the NHL would let that stand to end a four-game ECF is beyond me. But I, I don't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole because I'm mad about it. Yeah, that is a, and and Henrik Lundqvist said it as well, and got mocked on, you know, on camera. He got mocked for taking that stance. He's a goaltender of anyone on that bloody mm-hmm. cast that were there calling the, or sorry, you know, reviewing the game. He's the only one that has a valid appoint, uh, 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 opinion as mm-hmm. to what it is he because he's experienced <laughs> it too. Yeah. Yeah. That was, a, that was a travesty of a way to end that. It certainly was. It certainly was. Uh, so the surge cast, these are the type of questions that we, uh, you know, we just love and the caliber of those questions are the reason why you should be listening to surge cast when you can as well. So let's pump their tires a little bit because the surge cast, they are fantastic, amazing questions, but we didn't just stop there. We've got a lot more coming at us, Brad. We do. Uh, so Mikey in the DFW, who's been on the show. Uh, yeah. So Mikey said, does Jordan still have to retire or sign elsewhere in order for us to sit to see on him? Or in order for us to stitch the C on number 20 specifically? Um, number one, I don't think Jordan Stahl is going to sign anywhere. I think at this point in his career, he's kind of said, like, if he's not playing in Carolina, I think he's just going to going to call it a career. Yeah. He'll be back. I have, I have no doubt he'll be back. Uh, I, I so to, to answer Mikey's question directly, yes, I think 
Jordan has to be gone. I don't think Jordan's not going to be the cat. You know, I don't think anybody's going to expect Jordan to give up the C while he's here. I don't have, I personally don't have this undying need for Aho to wear the C that some people have. And I'm not trying to put this on Mikey, but I see a lot of people like Aho has to be the next captain. Aho has to be the next captain. He doesn't. He's already a leader in the locker room. He's already doing all those things. I don't think he needs to be the captain because he's got enough pressure with the offense relying so heavily and falling on his shoulders. You, you have other options, I think, at captain. I think, you know, the other people, person people point out would be Jacob Slavin, right? Yeah. So I am not that worried personally about Aho becoming the next captain or ever a captain. I don't think it's a slight on him. I don't think it's meant to be that way. And a lot of teams do make the kind of their best score their captain. But Aho's already a leader in that locker room, right? You give yeah. him the Seattle respect. Sure, I get that part. It's not going to change. For me, I don't think it changes anything in the locker room dynamic or anything about the way anybody plays. So uh, it's, I don't know, for me, it's kind of a non-issue. Yeah. And for me, uh, the what what I would say is that it is Jordan Stahl's decision whether he wishes to hold that captaincy on his own. He will be the one to decide if he wants to carry it or not, he, uh, cause I could see him come back and perhaps in this last, in his last contract, he might say it's time to transition. He's still, he's still a leader in the locker room the same way Aho is. So he might choose that. to yeah. give up the C to someone else in order to do a transitional thing. So I think, you know, it's not a matter of retirement or, you know, uh, going to a different team or whatever. I think it's totally his decision at this point. And Rod would respect him. He'll say, he'll say, look, you resign. It's yours if you want it. And if he says, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm happy still being the captain. Great. If not, they might have an actual discussion as to who it should go to. And if mm-hmm. I was picking, you know how much I love Aho. I don't call him mm-hmm. Ron Francis 2.0 for nothing. But to me, Slavin is the next captain. In my yeah, humble I opinion, I just, but he is. 100% right. I, I think that he gives up the C whenever he Decides to get yeah. I, I, it, this this on is Jordan Stahl. I, it's not going to be Paul Maurice uh, pulling it off of Brindamore, the way that happened. That's that not going to happen, Rod. It is still ugly, and so yeah. I also don't Rod will let Paul him. Rod, yeah. Well, <laughs> Rod will let Stahl make that decision. That's a great question, though. It is, it, I, and and I like it. Like I said, I'm not trying to bag on Mikey, but I see a lot of people like. You know, it's got to be Aho. It's got to be Aho, and I'm like, it, it doesn't for me. No, you no. Know, a, a captain is important when to pick on the Leafs. You know, if if you have, you know, an Austin Matthews, you know, a John Tavares making twelve million bucks, and they're the they are the key of the other key pieces. Fine. Yeah. Th- this team is built as a team, right? Th- there's not a captain. You know, 
we've even carried three alternate captains and no captain before. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just the way this team is built. Yeah, for sure. The C versus the A, I don't think it makes a big difference. Leadership comes from everywhere in all shapes and sizes, and everyone has that, you know, whatever. And what I would say, and this is something that might fly under the radar, but a guy like Jordan Stahl as the captain who is usually called upon to do the chatting with the officials and all of the rest of it. I'm sorry, Stahl carries more weight than anyone on the team as far as having these discussions and going on. It's a slight thing, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. He carries a little bit more weight. So great question. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy Novak. uh, I I really like this one because I have a short but sweet answer. Uh, Chrissy asked, uh, you know, how do we get out of this end of season funk? Uh, uh, I'm not a a drinker, uh, as as we all know. Um, uh, I would say tacos or ice cream. (laughs) There's not. I mean, there's Um, nothing else. (laughs) You know. uh, Now, realistically, for me, it's it's the do what I'm already starting to do, which is I'm already starting to go through cap friendly, and I see that the Canes are under the cap for you know, like they're below the floor for next year. Oh, you know, we got contracts. We don't have to deal with LTIR money next year. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm I'm already starting to go into the 23-24 season. But for you know, by the same token, it's it it's it's less of an obsession once your team is out. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm looking at my phone going, Oh yeah, we got a game tonight, we got a game tomorrow, we got game in three days. It's still there. But I'm starting to like, okay, well, now I can kind of take a step back, look at the season, like, let's look at, you know, look at the numbers, let's see who's available and and start gearing up for the, because the draft will be here in a month. So. Yeah. I, I'm going to say something that might be a little controversial. I think that the pain that we are feeling after this. Eastern Conference final and the way it went is truly disappointing. However, change which camera you're looking at it from. This was an amazing season. How exciting was it? Is there really a funk that we're in? We're sad that we didn't make it through to the final and win it all. Of course, every team is that way because they all have a chance at that. But look at the amazing things that have happened in this season for this team. No one expected us to get, well, we had uh, at least 50% of all of the experts picking against us, against the Islanders. Right. Round one. Then you, then went down, right? Yeah, they said, well, that's it. They're done. And what about how we did against the Devils? We won in five. Five. I didn't even, I looked at that. I didn't even pick the Hurricanes to win that season. Or, or that series, rather. So, so what my mind, everything, yeah, everything <laughs> in my mind, everything in my mind said, it's going to be too much against a team like that. They've got this kid goaltender that reminds me of Cam Ward that's caught a heater and beaten all-star offense. And now we have to play against them and we don't have those type of scores. Mm-hmm. It's going to be impossible. And they won. 
there is so much to feel good about. How about selling out the and, and so selling out so quickly the stadium series? How about a glorious hat trick by Jarvis on Cam Ward right. night against the team that shall not be named? There is so much good. Maybe, that maybe that's what we need. So, and maybe we'll do this uh, for Chrissy and everybody else. Uh, you know, maybe I'll start a thread on Twitter or social media, just like, like post your favorite GIF or your fa- favorite photo from the year, like, and, and give us the like. Don't just post like context, right? Because there were so many amazing memories. Hurricanes finished third in attendance in the league. You know, if you take the stadium series out, I think they dropped the fifth or sixth out of thirty-two teams. Phenomenal. It's they were great. ninth in percentage, 99.6% of all tickets sold for the Hurricanes. Like those are huge numbers. The stadium series game, the Hall of Fame game, you know, or you know, it just goes on and on. So I, I agree with you. It's it's one of those things where it's hard to do. Um, and you know, I kind of quoted Ted Lasso, you know, it hurts, right? But what hurts worse is doing it alone. And the Kaniacs aren't alone, right? You can hop nope. on. Like everybody's there. People are still watching. People are still talking about the season and the epic things that happened. So yeah, that's how you get there. Take heart, take heart because we've got a lot of promise. They're going to be better and, next year. Yeah. A hundred percent better next year. So that, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it's a good question. It's, it's understandable to feel that way. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, Brad, and hopefully this will, uh, sorry. And uh, who is the person who asked this? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Chrissy. Chrissy. Okay, so Chrissy, uh, maybe you've heard me talk about this on the program in the past. Do you know the type of pain, Brad, that I felt at the end of this? Very, very close. It was triggering of the Whalers losing in 93 against the team that shall not be named when Yvonne Korovo beats Wah like a rented mule, clanks it off the bar, and then Courtnell down at the other end gets a, a, a shot, that a seeing eye shot, and beats Pietrangelo. Mm-hmm. It triggered that for me. And that is a pain that was so, so it was devastating, devastating. So I get, yeah. I get it that. Funk. The man remembers I understand 20, 30 years later. Yeah. It was, yeah, it stays with you, but honestly, uh, just look at the wonderful things that this team has done. And I think you can get past it. Absolutely. That's the best way to get past it. Great question. What? Uh, our friend computer and coin uh nancia former guest yes uh, love always always still love seeing her videos her in the aren't they great phenomenal she said what do you recommend for a newer fan to prepare for the start of the new season um she started the middle of last year so this will be like her first season um, her first off season her first off season so to kind of be brief you have the draft coming up in about a month and then as of July 1st, you can start signing your unrestricted free agents. If, you know, if, if you know, that's when kind of things open up mm-hmm. and that in and of itself is kind of its own game. 
it's it's interesting to see. Like the, the draft is always kind of fun, but once free agency hits, you know, that's when you start to see who's gonna get better, who's gonna get worse, potentially. Sometimes even like the canes, you know, sometimes you 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 know, deals come out of left field that nobody saw coming. That's kind yeah. of some of the fun speculation is you'll start hearing rumors and it gets, you know, more and more and more and then the rumor's wrong and it, something takes a complete, you know, U-turn and like something else happens. You're like, oh, like nobody saw that coming. That's kind of the fun part. So um, yeah. I would say don't get too caught up in the expert analysis because, you know, until things are announced, they're speculating and there's a lot of talk, but to get a deal done is more than just talk, right? Yeah. Um, know with the Hurricanes, know with Don Wendell, you are, you're going to be on every single UFA because that's just who Don is. That doesn't mean yeah. you're going to be serious about them all, but is he going to call to inquire about every UFA on the market that could help this team? Yeah, he's at least going to call and say, "Hey, like, just you know, what what might it take to get this done?" Like, that's just how he's going to do it. Um, yeah, I I would like to see. I think a lot of people would. Um, I think Tulski needs to be bumped to GM instead of an you know assistant GM. Let Don Waddell hang, you know, retain president. That yep. would be my biggest offseason move if I could just pick a move out of the hat. But yeah. and then you know once free agency starts to die down a little bit and teams start to get a little more settled, training camp. The the cool thing about being in like the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals is the offseason just became real short because yes. all those fans whose teams stopped playing in April, you know they've already it's a had, long summer. They've already had six weeks of, of golf and fishing and whatever else they do. Yeah, but not the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes had roughly six more weeks of hockey, makes the season, the off season, a little shorter. So, um, so yeah, definitely, you know, check out the draft. Uh, you know, there's some great folks out there, back in the Storm Cod pa- uh, podcast, uh, Canes prospects, those folks that they, you know, they kind of know what's up. Um, I probably, you know, most of us follow those folks already, but it, it, it's it's kind of a sport unto itself if you enjoy it, and if you don't, then just chill, and then you know. Breathe that first because we've been over games will start. So yeah, we were holding our breath through all of this, right? So very nervous, very exciting sitting on the edge of your seat watching these games. It was exciting. So breathe. That's your first thing. Mm-hmm. Second, and I think that the organization itself should award me with something for this next bit of advice that I'm giving okay. to Nancy. Nancia, save some, save a little bit of money. Okay. Contact the sales department and get yourself a package of some sort for seats for the coming season. You've had a chance to go see a few games every now and again or whatever. Pick yourself up a package where if you can if you can go the full season, be a season ticket holder, our community, the Caniacs, will be better for it because you are a fantastic fan and you will love it. You will absolutely love it. If you cannot afford that much, a smaller package, 10 games, whatever, pick them out, be ready. 
and then wait until after. And the last thing, wait until after the free agency thing is done and we've got most of the team together and then take some of that money and pick the player that you wish to support the most and get that jersey. The sweaters are great. I love all the gear that she has. She's got a lot of Carolina gear, but I don't know that she has a jersey just yet. Pick your favorite. Pick your favorite, who you love. Don't let anyone push you one way or the other either. It's your decision. If you see a player out there that you like and he's around next season, get that jersey. Get that jersey. I like it. Yeah. Come, come to Boston for a game. Go to Calgary for a game. Go to Calgary for a game. That would be so much fun. That would be so much fun. I love that. Do a little traveling. That's great. Uh, fantastic from her. Thank you so much for everything that she's done this season. Honestly. Incredible. And and helping grow the game, which is, which is something NHL does poorly. And Nancy, it does really, really well. She does hundred percent. What's up next? Next next question. uh, Just because I'm looking at time. Uh, Mark Hosen said, um, uh, the only player I want to keep out of the free agency pool is McEachern and stall as a fourth line center. Uh, LeJoie fast and the goalies, you know, based on money. Yeah, which sounds all sounds so reasonable. Um, uh, he recommends trading Shea and Tara Vinen because they both have a year left. You know, trade them while while their value is high. Um, and it says don't want players. You know, Stassi, Stepan, Poliarvi, Coughlin. Um, we kind of went through this a little bit earlier, um, minus the trading of like Shea and Tara Vinen. I, I don't want to give up on Turbo. I don't want to be a Turbo fan. Um, I, I think. I think having Turbo's, I think was his grandfather die, mm-hmm. I think affected him a lot more than people realized. Um, that yep. was a big thing uh, on social media for a little bit about, you know, h- how long, you know, does that take? It takes as long as it takes. Yeah. You know, I, I lost my mom almost 15 years ago, and some days it's fine, and some days are really tough, right? Yeah. So, um, Shay and Pesci, we've said before, when they're on, they drive the team. The team wins yep. when they are cold. For some reason, they both seem to do it together. Things get yep. ugly. The real question is, in my mind, do you resign Shay? Can you resign Shay given all mm-hmm. the other obligations you have next year? And when I say obligations, I mean next year you're looking at Aho, you're looking at Tara Vinen, you're looking at Martinuk. You're looking at uh, Stefan Mazin, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Jalen Chatfield are all UFAs. Then you have Yikes. Jury, Jarvis Suzuki, and Jameson Rees are all RFAs. You have a lot of money to spend next year. So I don't know Quick. what to do because it yeah. depends on the money, right? And, and they seem to find a way to make it work. And guys like being here and guys have taken discounts to stay. Um, I, I'm not, I've kind of said before, I, I'm not so high on almost any player that they're untradeable. Right. You know, for me, like I, I'm, I'm willing to get rid of anybody if the price is right. Yeah. Um, so would I be willing to trade Shay and Terabine? I Absolutely. I would, if, if you can make the team better and, and you know, offer one of those guys is the price, do it. Yeah. Uh, the real question for me becomes you then have to replace them. Mm-hmm. And Shay to me is, the harder of the two to probably replace because yep. he was just on fire this year. 
will that continue until next year? I don't know. Flip side, Teravainen, very off year for him. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect him to play that bad next year. So what do you do? And there's something to be said for chemistry. I mean, you know, you have Brett Pesci there with Shea. I mean, two peas in a pod. Do you, do you want to go down that path? However, next year, they're both unrestricted free agents. Can you afford to resign them both the way they're playing? I don't know that you can. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I would say I don't know one way or the other if you can say for certain that we'll be able to either sign or trade Shea or Tara Vinen. What I will say is of that list of everyone whose contracts end at the end of next season, one of them will be traded during the season or perhaps even in this coming off season. One of them will. You guarantee it because their value is high. And if you know you can't like that, give me that list again. There was Chatfield, Pesci, who, who else? For defense next year, Shea, Pesci, and Chatfield are all unrestricted free agents. Wow. And, and, and then Burns and Slavin are the only two guys signed. So you only have five defensemen signed through next year. They have to make a decision, and those are going to be hard signings, and they've earned more money. Chatfield, Chatfield has, has earned a huge raise. Yeah. Are he's you going, going from, to be? He's going from you know, 762000 to millions. Yeah. You know. Will, no will question, and and and, and uh, Pesci get that kind of you know that kind of raise. I don't know about that. But. Yeah, so I I would say I I can't verify for sure, but I will say, don't get too comfortable in believing that there's lifers in this next group, because I believe one of them will be traded while they're hot to get a positive asset that they can keep for longer rather than mm-hmm. you don't want to keep them be unable to sign them and lose them for nothing and yeah. that's that's the biggest it's part of the business right that's why it's so hard to be a gm in in this league no question good question like uh, yeah very and, difficult and one from the forward group i kind of agree uh stall i think you need stall back if at all possible mm-hmm. i like mckeckin but he's you know, much like Stassi and Stepan, Poyarvi, Coglin, all those guys, it's not critical. Nope. Uh, the big thing there is he played really well and he makes minimal money, which, yeah. you know, potentially lets you reach out and maybe get another top six guy, you know, top three guy, maybe. So, 100%. Um, Kanek Annie, who talked to a lot on social media, she's a any great idea fan. how long the boys stay in Raleigh before going back to their homes. And then, uh, secondarily, she heard Patches sold his Las Vegas home, which I already mentioned. Yeah, uh, is he calling Raleigh home now? Unfortunately for me, is is and us is neither of us are in Raleigh, and I will probably won't be in Raleigh for a couple more months since we have no Stanley Cup final games yeah. in Raleigh to go to. Most of the guys typically don't hang around super long. They're they're around for a couple weeks. I know Svechnikov is going home to finish rehab. He will actually be coming back from Russia, I think, in like mid to late July. He said. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys tend to kind of, you know, the guys who don't live in Raleigh full time kind of, you know, they kind of, you know, spread the wind pretty quickly mm-hmm. and they tend to come back earlier. 
You know, they yeah. want to get back and kind of get into a routine and start working out and then start, you know, hitting the gym, those kind of things. So a lot of the guys are probably gone. I would love it if people online are like, hey, you know, I see, saw patches at, I don't know, El Rodeo. Yeah. You know, saw patches at Valley High today, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, because that would be good news for the Hurricanes, right? It would. But, but yeah, for the most part, the, the, the guys who live elsewhere and whatnot, most of those guys are going to, you know, they kind of want to get out and shake it off and spend family time. It's been a long time coming for a lot of them. And then they will be ready to come back. Typically, you know, July, August is, is not uncommon for guys to start showing back up into town, start yeah. getting workouts in. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just the best way to chill is to maybe, I mean, uh, even if they have homes and stuff like there, but they've got family in Finland or Czechia or wherever, Mm -hmm. right? You just want to remove yourself completely from ground zero and we'll call it that. That's a little dramatic, but you get the idea and you can just flake and cheer out or sorry, chill out because you know, in you've got about six, seven weeks and then you got to come back and get back to work. Mm -hmm. And because everyone has bought into the culture that Rod has developed, which he denies completely that he's responsible. He says the players are the culture, but Rod, come on, stop deflecting. Um, Technically, everyone, he was a player. (laughs) Everyone. Yeah, exactly. Everyone wants, will want to come back they know how close they were this year. They'll want to get back on it and be ready to go. So, yeah, I think they uh, they they spread into the wind and, and go home and relax because they've earned it. They've very much earned their time away and can't wait to see them back. Another good 100%. question. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, I hope I say this right, Langerak. Uh says, who do you think the Canes will keep? Um, and that we've kind of discussed that throughout this whole process. Yeah. But just to kind of to go through the names a little bit, um, you know, I think Jesse is gone unless they can get him to sign. So, so because he's a restricted-free agent, there's terms around what you can and can't offer him. Like you can't just offer him, you know, a million bucks and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things you can and can't do. But I don't think Jesse comes back at three million bucks anyway. I think Jasper Faust will be back. I think McKenzie McEachern will be back. I think Stahl's back. I do not think Paul Statsy's back. Um, he had a really good end of season, but it took him a long time to get rolling, and he's 37 years old. I don't think Statsy's back. Derek I don't Stephon know. Derek <laughs> is a great guy, but I don't think Derek Stepan's coming back. I have to, I got I to gotta jump in just very good. Yes, I don't know if you heard his comments at the end of, you know, the interview day, garbage can day or whatever. They asked him where he would like to go and essentially said, well, I don't want to go to a team that sucks. <laughs> I'm there old. I want a right. shot at the cup. I'd love to come back here or another contender essentially is yeah. what he said here or another contender. I'm not going to Arizona. Right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not and, going to the team that shall not be named like in Paul's defense, you know, um, his last contract for the Canes was 3.75 million. Yeah. 
if he'll come back on that fourth line for a million bucks or a million and a half or two million bucks, yeah, maybe it's doable. You know, it, he'd it, have it, to take a haircut, no question, but big haircut. Yeah, uh, Dylan Coglin and Max Lejoie are both RFAs. Coglin's gone. Lejoie might get re-signed. That's a toughie. I, as much as I like Max, uh, he had a great year again with Chicago. Uh, you know, it kind of depends on that. I think I think if he comes back at the two-way deal, uh, DeHaan, I think, has gone. Got this Bears already for these test the market. I don't know that he'll be back, although I'd like it to be back. Um, then once again, Anderson or Ranta, not both. Uh, you'll probably re-sign uh, Slachenko. Uh, he's a, a G6, I think, category UFA. I think they'll be back in um, in the HL. Uh, I've got Josh a is gone, Gardner's gone, and then that leaves Max Pacioretty, who I, I think will sign if they can get with two Achilles injuries in one season. Yeah. Oof. No team is going to risk it for $7 bucks. Like He's not making nope. $7 million. That's easy. The question is, what number big does haircut. he want? Can he take a big haircut and play for bonuses? Yeah, and, maybe and that would be the way to do it. You could tell me how how much of his contract could be loaded, you know, bonus and incentive based. I've got a curveball name for you that we haven't talked about, but is mm-hmm. in the background. And I hope I'm saying his name right, Nikushkin. Oh, <laughs> what uh, happens with him? Are we ever getting him, or is he are. just a pipe dream? What's the story? Uh, Kane's prospects will put up his Bart Simpson meme for you. Uh, he is signed. So, yeah. So, he signed in Russia through next season. Now, could they potentially buy out that contract for a few million bucks? Maybe. Unlikely. Right. Because we don't need him yet. Right. Next year, we have Shea and Pesci, UFAs, and he'll be available to come to North America. He's a fill. That's when you're going to see he, okay. He's I think I think you will see Shea go and Pesci stay because he's coming over. But that's yeah, that's, that's a great internal question there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I uh, blind pig finds a truffle every now and again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we got two more here because I, I cool. You know, we're we're running long here, but um, uh, former guest Eric, uh, top three needs the Hurricane should address in the offseason: possible player addition. So he's thinking, I think names potentially. I don't. It's too early for me for names, um, and I'll make this short and sweet. Uh, you need a goal scorer. Yeah. Max Pacioretty might be that goal scorer. You need somebody with finish. Uh, you need a power play coach is my number two. That's not even a player. You need Rod needs to relinquish control of the power play. I know he likes to have yep. a small coaching staff. Rod needs to suck it up and hire a power Add play one coach more. that makes the power play go that will ride those guys and get them to do what they should be doing. That's my yeah. number two. So goal score, you need, excuse me, you need a power play coach to get the power play jump started. And then you're going to need scoring depth. Defense, I don't think is an issue. Goal tending, I don't think is going to be an issue. Nope. No. And, and by scoring depth, I don't, you know, you need somebody who can just get in there and, and, and muck it up the way guys have. You, you need Jordan Martin to come back and be Jordan Martin from the Devils series again. Yes. Like now, now he was playing at two points a game in that series. You can't expect that. No. But but do you, you need a third line or a fourth line guy who can go in there and just drive the play and keep things going? You do. And I think that's, you know, and the reality is that these third and fourth line guys that we've had 
they've upgraded continually. You want to yeah. do that again because of the system that they play. That's a necessity. You're going to need somebody who can score and muck it up. Maybe that's McEachern. I don't know, but you know, Mac Mac looks really good on the first line. Can he can he take that same level of energy and and get a couple of points maybe on the fourth? Yeah. Look, uh, this is going to sound terribly flippant, and I don't mean to it to be. I want to respect the question, but my answer, if you're looking for three things, is scoring, scoring, <laughs> and scoring. We need guys that can finish. And if that means, like, and I mean finish on a regular basis. It was awesome to see Natchez. Finish with one end. Yes. It was awesome to see Natchez really shake the problems that he had and have an amazing season. But he disappeared in the playoffs Let's be honest. He did, but, he, but I don't know how much of that is fetched populated too. I mean, well, exactly, I mean, and that's when you, the, when you lose alignment of that quality. That's who that is big, big. And physical and takes the pressure off of you. That's huge. Yeah, I, and it, it absolutely is, and I don't mean it to sound like a, a you know crapping on Nagus, but it just we and and Aho can't do it all, and Jarvis is going to be great. He's going to develop and grow. I mean, if if I want to see one thing, I want to see Jarvis put on a few more pounds of muscle mm-hmm. and continue playing that style that he plays. I love his style of play. I wouldn't have got a jersey of him without him. He's just that kind of guy that you love to see. And so young, he's learning and growing. He's going to be great. But really, scoring, scoring, and scoring. And I'm sorry we, if that is flippant, but it is what it is. That's what we need. We have so many guys who want to play unselfish hockey, which is great. Like That's what you want in a team hockey. But we need a, a person who's selfish enough to say, you know, when, when the puck is on my stick, I'm taking I'm shooting. shot. Yep. You know, not my favorite player in the world, but there's a reason that Ovechkin is probably going to break the scoring record. Yeah. And it's, be, and it's because he, he is going to shoot the puck. I mean, it's just what he's going to do. And he demands know? the puck too. Like he, he demands, like he, like I'm over here at the face-off circle. You get that puck to me because I'm burying it. And mm-hmm. that, and, and that's what we need. We right. need that guy who wants it. We need a forward that plays like Burns. Yeah. Burns shoots all the time. He he can deke. He tries to deke, and and score. You know what I mean? Or set up this these unbelievable goals, which mm-hmm. he did all year. We need another forward like that who can mm-hmm. finish on a very high rate. And and con- conversely, going back to depth scoring, Stefan Nozen was elite during the playoffs. If if we were a season of that, that's what you want. Nason was great. Leopards leopards take you know. Let, let him be the second or third highest average shot in the league. Yeah. But just make sure Nozen's got his, you know, butt parked in the crease trying to tip no those question. things in. That's what it takes. Um, cool. we, we have time here for one more. One uh, more. Happy mom. Uh, and I love this question because it's, it's how we're all feeling. I think um, what really happened? Did they do all that that they could to win? I just keep thinking, what did we miss? How could we have been swept? 
And I think that's how a lot of us, you know, we oh, feel yeah. down. The best thing I can say to happy mom is people are going to talk about not picking up a score when patches got hurt in the deadline. That's going to be a topic. There's no right and wrong answer because we don't know. Like it didn't happen. It's all speculation. I can say that if Bobrovsky did not have a, you know, the series literally of a century, yeah, the Canes win that series. I feel yeah. very confident in saying, you know, I, I don't know that the Canes couldn't have maybe done something. Maybe there was scoring out there that they could have picked up. You know, maybe if Timo Meyer comes to the Canes, it's different. But you saw what he did in Jersey, right? So that doesn't mean that's how it translates. If he's here, maybe he plays great in Carolina. So, so taking those things out because we'll just never know. I can tell you that if Bobrovsky does not play at the level he played at for those games, the Hurricanes win that series. Yeah. Undoubtedly, they are in the Stanley Cup Finals and they have a real shot against the Stars or, or the Knights, whoever wins out. So I don't know that they did everything they could do, but if they didn't, they were awfully darn close. I'll say two things and I'll, I'll push back just a tiny little bit on everyone who said, who points and we've got good friends and podcasts who all love to point out, Oh, look at how great the Islanders were with Bo, Bo Horvat. Oh, the devils did fantastic with, you know, Meyer. Right. And, you know, it's fun to say that now, but understand what does Bo Horvat do with the team that we have with a good team surrounding if I'm being exactly or, or, or the same goes, same goes for team O'Meyer. Imagine team O'Meyer with Natchez and Ajo, right? It's, it, it's one thing to say that, Oh, they got those guys and they didn't do anything and it sucked. Well, this this sport this game is not won by one player it just isn't ask the edmonton oilers they have two of those kind of players and they still can't do it which blows my mind so that's the first thing they i'll say as far as you did, Kenny. maybe maybe horvat maybe meyer maybe one of those guys might have been the answer there's just but you're right brad there is no way to and, know and, and who and I know that the takes for both of those looked, you know, not incredible, like the Canes could have matched. Yeah. But, you know, let's say that, let's say Jordan Martin goes back on one of those trades and now you don't have his two points per game against New Jersey. Yeah. We could speculate for hours and hours. Yes, we could. That's why I was saying for happy mom, like we'll never know, but, but it, it took a, it took a, phenomenal it took a record setting style goaltender to beat you and that's nothing to be ashamed of exactly and 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 the the second thing that i was going to say was perhaps changing up the lineups like i said uh on the one answer maybe going back to putting all your offensive eggs in one basket and your shutdown line all in one basket and go like that instead of spreading it out. That's one thing that maybe could have been done. But when you look at the uh, responses after the game, at like from everyone, you know, the bewilderment of what they were experiencing 
says they did everything they could. They know they've turned that mirror on themselves and they still do. Martin Hook still says, well, what could I have done here? Could I have done this? They, they did everything they could. And the way Bobrovsky played, it just, what, what do you do? What right. they, it, Like they did everything they could. I mean, you know, Jarvis kept going to the net. I mean, he had some beautiful touch deflections and stuff that were half an inch away from going in. And I mean, it was just crazy. I would, I would suggest to you, they did feel good about knowing they did everything they could just mm-hmm. based on the bill. Yeah. They, they, you know, they'll question themselves, but they should also understand. You know, and they'll get better from it. They could. And losing, they will. Losing for those guys is a powerful motivator. It is absolutely. You got to be through the fires, you know, to mm-hmm. to forge stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic episode. Thank you to everyone who sent in the questions. Absolutely. We love this interaction. Whether or not you think our opinions mean anything or not, whichever take a listen to them feel free when you when it's po- when this gets posted if you have issues with our takes or whatever don't be afraid to respond um brad where do they find us at facebook.com slash storm 97 on twitter at storm 97 at gmail at the same thing uh so yeah we're, we're easy to find on any major podcast network we're 100 by apple sketch or stitcher any of those yeah. And if you, if you love Brad's takes and think I'm on crack, feel free to tell me as much <laughs> on Twitter at judge Wapner 10. I love interacting. Uh, I love all of you. Thank you so much for giving us your ear for this episode. We've done so much, Brad, we can still do one more thing and I still feel it even mm-hmm. though we're out. 100%. Go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.